got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. <coughs> I'm your host, Steve Semino, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Steve. Are we starting to connect the dots? I can only imagine that is a quote from the movie we are talking about today. These are movies that are not, like, super well-known or quotable. So I, I, I know that's your, like, hook, but I never know for a fact whether that's what you're doing. But I can only assume that is correct. Is that? Yes, that's one of the things that Jason Schwartzman's very annoying character says uh, when he's talking down to some people um, early in the movie. It was very inspired casting Jason Schwartzman as an annoying sort of punky butthole yeah. in this movie. Like that is. Yeah, yeah. I had someone Real tell reach. me. <laughs> I, was it you two? Was it one of you two who told me you did not like Jason Schwartzman and that impacted your viewing of this movie? And I said, uh, well, that's that was, so, sort of the point. That was of, me. Yeah. yeah. Jason, yeah that's like Jason Schwartzman's whole like... gimmick his entire career, though, <laughs> was being insufferable. So to me, that's just good casting. Yeah, I was good after uh, Rushmore of him being insufferable. I didn't need to see him in anything after that. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it anyway, because this is a Jason Schwartzman's voice-centric type movie. But before we get to that, let us introduce our special guest who is joining us throughout Christmas month on the NRLD podcast. This is December. This is when we talk about Christmas movies, holiday movies as well, but again, mostly Christmas movies. And of course, we could not do that without the wonderful Sam Johnson. Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm great. Full of Christmas cheer per usual. Never a lack of Christmas cheer on your end, of course. Thank God for that. It would be weird if there was. So. As you say, I like how you're calling them holiday movies, even though we've never not done a Christmas movie. So. <laughs> I just want to open up the option that like, yeah. we'll do something that is slightly off the beaten path. I know it's going to happen someday. Maybe when we watch... Sam, are there, are there non-Christmas Hallmark movies, or are they all Christmas? Uh, Can you speak uh, to that with any, with any certainty? The mo- they're like not, I'm gonna say 99% Christmas and also 99% white people as well. But, uh, that's fair. That's their moneymaker. So there's one. There's I know I know of one that at least mentions Hanukkah. Mm, there we go. Okay, see Andrew. What if we what if we watch that in a little while? No, I'm, we're choosing all. Each of us is choosing like a needle in a haystack. So there's <laughs> like thousands of these. So we'll see. They multiply like bunnies. But we're not talking about Hallmark movies just yet. That is to come on the podcast today. We are talking about Claws. I think Claus Klaus, I don't know. We're going to have to talk about it. But it's spelled like Claus with a K. And it is the Christmas entry, Netflix's premiere beyond the uh, Christmas series we've talked about previously. But I would say it's Netflix's premiere Christmas offering this season. And it is an interesting one. It is definitely not what I expected. And I think a pleasant surprise in a lot of ways. But before we get to that let us do the beverage of choice segment. I am again bucking trends for some, though I don't mean to be a curmudgeon. I keep not buying Christmas beers. I'm drinking a Golden Road 329 Days of Sun lager. So it could not be more off brand for a Christmas time. But I have it. It came in like a, a variety pack that I had in my house, and it's good. So, you know, and I thought it'd be fun to be, you know, super counterintuitive with a summer centric LA beer. 
I've been doing some light research on Hallmark movies, and you really sound like a big city fellow who needs to go back to his hometown, which I think is a common trope of those movies. <laughs> so so uh, you know, you're talking about your golden road, yep. days of sun and all that. <laughs> get back to South Jersey. Yeah, go get <clears throat> Get some snow in your life, Steve. Yeah, really. No, I don't have really. any. It, it was it was sixty five and sunny today. So, sorry, God. Well, I know. I haven't seen the sun in like three days. Uh, <laughs> I am drinking a uh, a Dogfish Head Suddenly Comfy Imperial Cream Ale, um, which is a new beer of theirs that I think is a seasonal Christmas thing. And I have to say. Uh, I've had one of these already, and it, it, I'm pretty sure it's the worst beer Dogfish Head has ever made. So, mm. uh, so which, which you know, it's got a you know nice name, suddenly comfy. You know, it's Dogfish Head. It kind of reminds me of the last movie we talked about. It's got great, great packaging, and then you you slurp it down, and you're like, this is saccharine garbage. Um, so, <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still powering through them, though. That's good. Don't don't let it go to waste. Well, I saved one just for this because of the name. Because I also don't have any Christmas spirits left right now. <clears throat> well, it's good to know that you'll be grumpy on this podcast, even grumpier than normal, AJ. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm leaning in real hard, uh, acting as the yin to you guys' yang, or vice versa. And I'm drinking a nice, cool, creamy glass of eggnog. Mm, yeah. With alcohol in it or sans oh, alcohol? Uh, yeah, it, it's got a. It's, it's been a rough week so far, so uh, it's got a healthy uh, bit of bourbon in it. Right, nip, good. nip in there. Uh, Sam, Sam, you're barely gonna be able to talk by the end of this. Here, we'll, we'll just, we'll Steve or I will have to do an impression of you and, and your <laughs> thoughts on the movie by that, the end. That's the idea. That's the idea. <laughs> Yay, Christmas! I love Christmas. <laughs> There we go. I got well, it. Fortunately, there's actually something worth talking about this time. As Andrew said, the first episode we did in this month's series was Noel on Disney+. Plus. It was not good. You can find that on inrealdeep.com and in our archives. But today we're talking Klaus. First off, do you guys, what are we talking, what are we saying pronunciation-wise? Is it Klaus? Is it <laughs> yeah. Claus? Can we, can, we, can we at least like coalesce between the three of us on one or the other? Uh. I love how all of us watch this entire movie and ne- none of the three of us seem to know how it's not. They definitely said his name, name in there, but I have no idea. I think, they say I think Klaus, it's Klaus. Don't they? I, I yeah. think it was Klaus. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, we're going, we're going with Klaus. So let it be written. So let it be done. Which I think <clears> makes <throat> sense because as I, you know, one of the things I liked about this movie, if you're not aware of this movie, we, I think we all recommend it. We'll obviously get more detail into that part of it, but it is sort of a, alternative i think sam pitched it as an origin story of santa and we all laughed because that was the stupidest thing we've ever heard and and it also made me think like oh this is gonna be such crap like this is gonna be so on the nose and so cheeky and like just really lean on all these tropes in an embarrassing easy to consume way and it really wasn't like it genuinely is a sort of alternative origin story where it's like they address a lot of the magical elements they address a lot of the fantastical elements and they give them some grounding in reality and it's it's just wonderful, and I so I think Klaus as a name makes sense because Claus obviously is what we call him. But in the world where this is where Santa came to be, he was Klaus, and it just sort of got transmogrified over the years into a less harsh sounding name. 
Yeah. Consensus, uh, <laughs> I mean, I agree. Well, I, you know, I, I really, really, despite my dis- distaste for Jason Schwartzman, first of all, it helps that you don't actually have to see his face. You just have to tolerate his voice. Um, that that helps. Um, uh, despite that, like, yeah, this was a this was a great movie. I agree. Like a very clever way of explaining like all of the things, the facts, the facts, the Santa facts that we know. Um, and all done up in a, in a really nice, you know, innovative, fresh feeling package. I mean, at some, I mean, I, you know, I, I know this is probably cat catnip more for me than, than, than you guys, but like the, the animation style here, um, you know, I think it's interesting that you know this is this is Netflix Netflix's first original animated feature, so not just their tentpole Santa piece, but their first original commissioned animated feature. And I mean, when you think about it in that context, besides the story being great, I gotta talk about the artistry here. It looks so different than everything else that's out there now, um, and so that was really awesome to see. And then you know, even though I didn't like. I don't like Jason Schwartzman. You, you, you kind of like everyone else in here from like JK Simmons as Klaus who gives off this, like I wrote down in my notes. He reminds me a little bit in the beginning of like the old guy in home alone. Um, like he's kind of scary <laughs> and you think he might like ax murder you. Um, and uh, you know, right down to like Norm McDonald's sarcasm, which was just a very pleasant surprise. So it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was great all around. Um, AJ, I agree. I agree with all of that. Um, I also think something that you said is hilarious, which is the concept of a tentpole Santa piece. <laughs> tentpole Christmas piece. Did I say tentpole Santa? <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, we don't need to, to pick those nits. Um, Sorry. Yeah. So, um, obviously, agree with all of those things. Story's amazing. Um, Definitely still written by an algorithm, I think. <laughs> do you think, like, though? Like, I, I, don't I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't it's, agree with that. What, Sam, why, why do you, what makes you say that? What, what parts of this do you think felt wrote a little bit? Maybe maybe they were like, okay, we have a story, and now how do we, like, tweak this, the elements so that it's, like, so that it's catnip to all of our subscribers? But, like, it, 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 it does feel and this is not a negative thing but there are like derivative components um that i think play really well like to your point about the klaus being kind of like the home alone old guy is like you could say potentially a little bit derivative and then also like just i I just got like a nightmare before christmas vibe uh around smearenberg like and all the characters and how how just like the you remember like the huge kids on either side are just very yeah. caricature sort of scary like I feel like if I was an eight year old I would be very scared at the beginning of this movie it's like very foreboding very sad but anyway so I I, I do think that there were some elements where maybe it's not an algorithm but it's definitely drawing on you know th- that some of those like things that make really great Christmas movies, uh, like really great non-standard Christmas movies, really awesome. And I would put Nightmare Before Christmas in that bucket, and I would I, I would put this in that bucket too. I mean, I, I, I literally wrote down, it's like the second note right, right away, I, I, I wrote down the Nightmare Before Christmas vibe um, there, so I picked up on that. But I, I guess, like, 
I guess I would say to me, there's, and knowing how, I mean, knowing how art like this is made, like there is a fine line between something feeling uh, like sort of antiseptic and written by an algorithm and something that is borrowing and building upon, you know, what's come before it, which I mean, the second piece is just the history of all film, really. Um, (laughs) And I just, I just think like, there's just too much that's too clever here that like that I, when I think of when I think of the algorithm, quote unquote, quote unquote, algorithm writing something or contributing to the plot, I think of things that are really awkwardly mismatched. Um, like like it's it's almost like how artificial intelligence can't like master natural human language, you know, like that's what I feel like. And in this case, I just I did not have that vibe at all here, even though, you know, certainly there are. It, the, this movie draws inspiration from from the Nightmare Before Christmas, and I mean you, that that one is certainly the one you have to tap into. You're 100 percent right that the town of Smearenburg is like it, it just feels like it's 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 Jack Skellington's going to walk into the scene at some point, especially <laughs> right now. Which would have been a great crossover, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I agree. I think you guys make two really good points. First one is the audience this is going for as a sort of as we sort of Andrew starts at the tentpole. Christmas offering from Netflix this year, or one of them. It definitely has that weird in between, which is interesting. You know, I wonder, I wonder, you know, behind the scenes, if Netflix is super happy with this, even though it's getting good reviews and presumably it's being watched a ton, I have to imagine. But it doesn't feel like it's for. It, it feels like it's for a, a weird sort of teen, maybe tween, maybe older person. Like it doesn't feel like it should be consumed by eight-year-olds because they would be. I think it, it's not too much for them by any means because I don't think it's that complicated. But it is a little dark and it's a little off the beaten path and it does take a, a sort of a clever approach that I'm not sure an eight-year-old would really appreciate. Like it's not just dumb candy. It'll it'll make them think a little bit. And, I, and I'm we've t- Andrew and I talked on this podcast before. Like kids are smart. Like you guys have kids. Kids are not dumb. They can figure stuff out. But it's not usually the way Netflix does. It's very lazy sort of business. So that's a sort of intriguing middle ground that it takes there. But the one thing I will say, I mean, the second thing I wanted to, to address is when I, I think I really like this because of super low expectations. Like I just have, <laughs> even the Christmas movies I like that we've talked about there, that those are, even the good ones are very standard and they have a lot of elements and they all, you know where they're going. And even if you enjoy the journey there, there's not a ton of, wow, you know, sometimes Michael Caine is in them and that's the, or sometimes the, like, you know, sometimes something cool yeah. is happening, but it's, you have a very clear idea of where you're headed. This one, when it opened on uh, the son of a postmaster general who is being sent to a weird town, I was like, what the hell is this going? Like, this has <laughs> nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. And I, at first I was like, is he going to grow up to be Santa? Like, this, but he's a little, like, nerdo. Like, he's not Santa. And then over the course of the first, like, 45 minutes or so, you go, oh, like, I sort of see what's happening now. So I was genuinely, like, I felt like a, a childlike sense of wonder at just, like, not knowing what this was going to be. And it's certainly being the first in a series of Christmas movies that we've talked about where I genuinely was curious to see how they were going to get from A to B to C. Yeah, Steve, I agree with that. And just to touch on the point about who is this movie for, um, my wife said to me, this is the movie that Disney Plus should have made Yeah, as their temple. And I think it's an interesting question because, like, yes, it's incredibly high quality like the story is so well constructed it never feels awkward like just the uh, one of the things that i loved was not just how they like (laughs) explained the mythology 
but how his led how how Klaus's legend grew, right? Right, right. And, and that's so uh, elemental or key to the Santa uh, arc or whatever. But I, but I I do find myself questioning like if Disney Plus have made this movie, would it have been successful or or are they getting like max eyeballs with Noel and they're good with it? I don't know. It's it's really difficult for me to imagine Disney doing this movie. Period. And and but for me, that's entirely down to the animation style. Um, I should say Sergio Pablos, the director, writer, the really the guy who made this, worked yeah. at Disney for a long time apparently, yeah. and came yeah. from Disney, and basically and worked on all the best, some of the best '90s Disney movies, and then moved yeah. on to start his own studio. So it, there's a lot of this is based in a sort of Disney animation type, uh, a person who was very aware of how they did business, and maybe that's why he left is because he was like, I want to go off the beaten path a little more. Well, and Disney doesn't do hand-drawn animation anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's 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 the big thing. That's that's why it's it's very difficult for me to even start to answer that question, Sam. Well, should they have? I don't I don't know. But probably yes. It's, it probably would have been better. Although I think you're asking more if if this if this this type of little more offbeat movie would be on brand for Disney Plus uh, or on brand for Disney, I guess at this point. Um, I don't know, um, but it's it's really hard to just imagine just purely because of the way it was made as well. I mean, like Disney probably would have demanded that Sergio Pablos do it all, do it all um, computer animated. And I think that was part of the thing he wanted to do here, which is not do it that way. Like at its heart, though, it's a Disney story. Like, I, I think I think it is. It has enough texture as a story to but but it's still like simple and accessible. That was a Disney story. So setting the animation piece aside, yeah, I think it fits. It's a little more reverent because of like Norm Macdonald's character and Rashida Jones, maybe a little yeah. bit. But, uh, but but like the the character arc of of uh, Jesper is it, 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 and Klaus both are 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 very much very much Disney. And I mean, yeah. Disney made its bones for so many years on light or I guess just straight retellings of classic stories too. So this deviates a little bit than some, you know, Andrew, I think you're a little more of a Disney expert than I am, but this this is that, that, I think Sam, you're right that it's not so far out of their wheelhouse. The general conceit of let's do a Santa story, but ground it in slightly more realistic and, and, and make it a little more alternative than what you come to expect. That does feel like it, it could be a very straightforward Disney conceit. I mean, obviously, I think that, but I think they, given the freedom that Pablo has presumably had here to do it his own way, I'm super happy he had that because I, I, I concur that if it was on Disney+, Plus, I find it hard to believe that I just would have liked it this much or that it would have been this interesting and well done. Or surprising, yeah. yeah I don't surprising know. Surprising like, is a great word for it. Yeah, yeah it would have been very well done, but it would have just it wouldn't have you know caught my interest the way it did because of how the path it took. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right, Sam. From a story perspective, it, it is a classic Disney movie. In fact, like it actually, we've we've been watching Tangled a lot at our house, and the sort of like irreverence and sarcasm, and uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Tangled, and even a little bit of like. You know, like the, the both Wreck-It Ralph movies are pretty sarcastic, and even have Blue Comics, who are big stars, <laughs> in in those movies. So, like, I guess it could fit there. I, Disney's got an ever-increasing, you know, big tent, I suppose, um, as well. But um, 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm I'm not trying to steer the conversation to the animation style because I don't really think I have much more to say say there. But um, that alone is is really what for me what sets it apart. Um, it's an interesting counterfactual though to ponder, Sam. I think it's especially given our, our discussion so far. Um, obviously, it's better than Noel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't need to really. Uh, Noel set the bar very low, even when Sam is is frowning at a Christmas movie in some ways, you know, it's not a hit by any means, but so Sam, there's a question for you. What do you, what, you know, the, the point of this series that you test us with is sort of consuming and pondering how these streaming services were going to handle Christmas related content. Like we had Disney Plus's entry, not great. Now we have Netflix's entry solid at worst if not very good what is this like is is this the kind of christmas content you are looking for or is i guess also tied into that question is the alternativeness of this and this and the beaten pathness is that something you find attractive or do you do you not mind because you're okay with the same old story as long as it's told well and well acted and all that kind of stuff so uh don't care so much about being well acted or well told stories um (laughs) (laughs) okay well scratch i I struggle a little bit with uh because the sample size of one for netflix right there's lots of other examples where they're literally just you know putting together random elements and shipping out Mm -hmm. having people watch it so for, for my read on netflix is this is great progress really really great work don't stop delivering me the cotton candy content. Um, <laughs> you still want like your Dennis Quaid Christmas series, right? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like don't ever stop with that. Like keep keep uh, ramping up production on those. But if I can get one of these a year, and you know, I I think about what well, the Christmas Chronicles last year was their big one, and this year it's Klaus, right? And so that. This movie is better than Christmas Chronicles, like way better, and <laughs> obviously. Yes. <laughs> so, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting like juxtaposition, right? Because Christmas Chronicles is like just good enough to get past the finish line for me. It's like just, it's just funny enough, it's just good enough, but it's also like random and disjointed in parts. And that really, really long uh, jailhouse concert scene is <laughs> yes. that. Just that's seared into my memory is like, what is going on? But but that like got past the finish line for me. This is a this is a work of art. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the thing that, that scares me a little bit here as I, we start to dig into the, the, the platforms themselves and, and talk about Christmas Chronicles is uh, I'm, I would be a little bit scared to look at the numbers of viewers because I, I have a I have a strong suspicion that. Um, Christmas Chronicles was a stronger salvo from a just from a pure of our viewership perspective that uh, for Netflix than than this movie is and 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 if that is if that is the case uh, I mean I don't know Netflix needs to build a very large diverse library of content we kind of talked about that last week in the in the context of Disney Disney is not in the position of needing to do that. Um, but my fear is like Netflix especially is beholden to those those viewership numbers. And so there's there's a balance of, you know, they wanna have they wanna have prestigious pieces of content, right? 
Um, but uh, my guess is that from a uh, eyeballs and uh, standpoint that that Christmas Chronicles sadly is probably more lucrative, um, which I don't know what that means for for movies like Klaus in the long term, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it cuts but, to like a key question of like what christmas movies christmas content is meant to do because i agree like if you, i mean i i and andrew and i put together our top 10 lists every year on inrealdeep.com mine this year is going to have at least four netflix movies because netflix has made some tremendous movies this year and i'm treating them i've seen some of them in theaters because i'm lucky enough to live in a big city but i'm treating all of them as you know equal to their theatrical counterparts and i like most of them more than the movies i've seen in theaters otherwise but when you're talking about christmas stuff it's a different sort of thing like it's not that i don't think they want klaus to be prestige you know like i'm sure they don't mind good reviews and that'll get people like us interested like that's it's not a bad thing necessarily but like you said i don't think that would be their bread and butter i don't think their goal is to create christmas content that is you know, highbrow, excellent, you know, best animated feature style stuff. I just don't think that is exactly what they want here. They're not turning it down by any means. And hopefully, you know, one of the perks of them being such a big monolith is they have room for everything, you know, like it's it's a criticism labeled against them as well. It's because they just create, 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 and it's a flat sort of service and you can't really tell what's rising to the top and what's not. But if you're people like us who actively seek things out and read and learn and try and find the good things, they are there for you. And they subsidize a lot of that in, in, you know, Christmas Chronicles probably subsidizes something like this to a certain extent. So I don't know if that's a good thing necessarily, but it does seem to be sort of the ecosystem right now on a Netflix type platform. Yeah. Yep. And you dropped the Oscar bomb there. I I do think this movie is, very likely to be an Oscar nominee. I mean, for best animated feature, which is pretty pretty amazing. I hope it is. Um, That'd be really cool. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I, mean I, can't, I can't imagine there are better. I mean, we know Toy Story four and um, Frozen will be there, and I would assume Missing Link will also be there. But you know, there's five to fill, and uh, I think this will be this will be one of them. It has to be just from a it's great, and then from the craft perspective, you know, it's 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 really just an amazing looking film. So. <clears throat> yeah, like how how could it not be in that discussion? And that leads me to the final question that, that I had on my list here, which is I think not only well, I sort of jumping the gun here, but like not only is it not a cash grab, but <laughs> is it is it one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time? Wow. Uh yeah, well, I mean Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> I don't know, this is, uh, like I'm, I'm. We've just. I think neither Andrew nor myself is a connoisseur of the Christmas brands. We, we. A lot of the Christmas movies I've seen in my life, like I've seen the staples, and then I've seen what Sam has tasked us with watching over the last <laughs> couple of years. So I don't consider myself remotely an expert in that regard. But in terms of like best movie best storytelling most engaging most intriguing like something like christmas vacation or even muppets christmas carol is comforting and enjoyable it's like a glass of hot chocolate you know it's like oh this is this is nice like this is easy but in terms of well made and and entertaining and, and like the, the most combination of all the things we would consider objectively good i think this is the best one we've watched so far and pro- i guess maybe the best one i've ever seen yeah well, I would say I mean, it's it's a I wasn't expecting that question, although I don't know why. Um, uh, I would say I mean, obviously, 
you know, I, we, I'm I'm a bit of a historian, as as you both know. So like, I I don't think I think it's way too early to make that determination. Like it's a wonderful life is that a Christmas at, movie? At it is right. Absolutely. Okay, yes. It's not but, better than it's a wonderful life. So. No, it's not better than it's a wonderful life. But Sam said one of the greatest, not yes, the greatest. That's true. And um, and I think what is what I will give it credit for, and what I would really give only a handful of other Christmas movies that I can even think of uh, credit for, and It's a Wonderful Life is honestly the only one I can pull right now. It, like this is one of the only Christmas movies I can think of that was a genuine surprise, took me to diff- a different place than I thought I was going to go, and also did it in a way that was very, um, I wouldn't say was unconventional, but was was very fresh and new. Like, it's vi- I think of Christmas films as being familiar, like Steve said, and, um, you know, they're, 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 com- they're comfort food in a way, like comfort food for your, your brain at the end of a year. And... Um, this movie is definitely not that, um, you know, it, 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 from the moment it sort of starts, you kind of sit up and take notice. And um, in that context, I mean, it's certainly it certainly has to be you, you certainly feel like it should should end up up there. Um, it's and it certainly stands out to me. Um, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is one of the only other ones I can think of. That's that's like when I think of a as a mo- like when I think of a lot of these movies, I think what you're saying, Steve is like, yeah, but like the question is, yeah, but is it just a great movie independent of like something you enjoy watching at the holidays? And I think this one definitely is, which is kind of unusual for, um, for a lot of, a lot of Christmas movies. Cause a lot of them just get by on the hook of hat being red and green. Yeah. I was going to say like, this is, this is one <laughs> of the few ones and, and like, it's, it's keeps weird to keep, I'm, I'm, it's a wonderful life is like, I mean, I think we're all using it as like shorthand for really good, movie that is also about yeah. Christmas. So I don't mean yeah. to put it in the rarefied air as that. But well, I know one thing we've ranted about on these episodes, Sam as well, is the laziness of using Christmas as sort of a stand-in to mean a bunch of things, or, or summoning the Christmas tropes with no justification, with no grounding it in anything, with just using it willy-nilly to make your point and make your movie have sort of artificial emotions you know bubbling up to the surface and it's it's cheap and it makes movies really shitty and it's something that andrew and i certainly do not like and i think this is the way this this talks about christmas and without saying christmas without making it about christmas you know like it is it tries to to summon the feelings and emotions and joy of spending time with loved ones and falling in love with someone and giving them presents and being a nice person. And those are like what Christmas should be about. It's not about the bullshit that it's come to mean for so many people. And so I like that movie. I think, I think this gets the praise that we're giving it and deserves it because it does try and summon those themes and those ideas without explicitly shoving in your face. This is also Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Like you just know it's Christmas because it's fucking Santa and it's Christmas. Like it's so <laughs> obviously that, but, but just it's, it's, it's a restraint that so many other movies in this sort of broad Christmas genre do not bother to, to show. So, slightly grinchy start to your grinchy or uh, cynical start to your comment there, uh, Steve, but you really came around. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate well, that. I mean, it's, it's, we just want to see good movies, you know, and I just think Christmas and good movies do not always go hand in hand, but when they do, it's, it's good to praise them appropriately. Well, I think like what's interesting is in comparing it to it's a wonderful life is like, it's a wonderful life actually doesn't have that much Christmas in it either. If you watch that whole movie, 
it's only the very end really where like christmas is a big part of it and and but why it's so powerful is because it 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 does deliver um it does deliver that that like that spirit of christmas without like hitting you over the head with you know yule logs and tinsel and and all that shit and like i don't know i don't even know where you guys know that i believe a christmas carol is the ultimate christmas story and so i don't know where how to square that one but it's like it's impossible from a cinematic perspective because like that story was written like literally 60 or 70 years before a movie was ever made and so of course in the in the movie landscape it feels uh, it it's, it feels like it's in that hot chocolate comfort food like lane, even though it really like in in some ways it is that original it, it is that original it, it, it's the original version of of what we're we're kind of talking about here. So yeah, and like it it it's a wonderful life is is at its core like a movie about a person's place in their community and and yeah. the individual's importance to that. And in in the same way, this movie is not. It, it uses Christmas as a vehicle to 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 say that about Jimmy Stewart, right? Mm-hmm. And this movie use it, it's it's a. I think it's a movie about altruism. Like right? it's it's like literally explicitly stated by Klaus, and they use Christmas as a vehicle to show the impact of altruism on you know essentially a broken community or whatever and i I find that that message and that theme like actually uh, like the director is actually trying to say something rather than just uh put a bunch of christmas uh in in a movie and so i i for, for me like the answer to my own question is it's probably one of the best christmas movies of all time it's definitely gonna be in my canon i'm gonna watch it along with like Arthur Christmas and Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, I'm sorry. This is so much better than Arthur Christmas. (laughs) I know you love Arthur Christmas, but this is so much better. I know. I'm just saying it's on the best. I know. I don't want to not to judge. You're right. Um, But but yeah, so I I found myself thinking way more deeply about this movie than I thought I would. I thought I would really enjoy it, and I thought it would be fun and hilarious and and whatever. But yeah, I actually found myself like, Kind of thinking about life a little bit because of this. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Just to lend credence to what you said, I, I pulled up an article before we started about the just about the animation style in the in the movie. But there is a quote here that just perfectly from Ser, from Sergio Pablos that perfectly sums up what you said. And it says the 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 paragraph. I'll just read it. it says Pablos eventually considered a story in which Santa wasn't even the main character, which led him to wonder, quote, "What if Santa is a symbol?" for altruism and generosity and there's a character who needs to learn that lesson there you go you said it perfectly you should you should you sort of are you're on a movie podcast right now talking about movies so you're like a third of the way there i'd say the only place where i can actually uh, analyze movies though is at christmas so <laughs> Sam, I was going to say, though, as we wrap up here, though, I like, this is why I like doing this series with you, though, as well, because you you have a place in your heart for the saccharine, I'm going to use, I'm not going to say, no, I'll just say, because la- like the lazier, uh, like, I know you're going to call me a curmudgeon for saying that, but like the, the stuff that, that hits you in the feels, but in like a very pleasant, calm, expected Cheap. way, you know? Cheap. 
cheap. cheap. Yeah, cheap's another, another <laughs> negative word to use. But you also, but you like, like you said, with like, it's not like you desire only that. Like, I think there are some people who, when they think of Christmas, they want that cheap, easy stuff. And they like, like, like Andrew, like you sort of said, like this is a season where people wind down and take time off, and and they don't want to think about things. They don't want to be challenged. But Sam, what I like about you is you are you're very open for for a, a new experience and a different approach to that sort of thing. But yeah, and you you can just find time for both. They they both have value, and you you can look at it objectively, and, and also be a light critic in that regard. Like it's it's just good. Like you you're not just waiting for it to wash over you and taking it as it comes. You're engaging with it. I think that's great. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this is a wonderful series. It's why we come back every year and watch a bunch of Christmas movies, some terrible and some lovely. Is because we know you're gonna you're you know you have good intentions and you send us down a fun uh, on a fun journey most of the time. So, thank you. We'll see how the rest of this series goes. Oh yeah, this is gonna be. <laughs> this is God. this is definitely the the peak. There's some valleys coming for sure. A high water mark. Yeah. This is definitely yeah. the high water mark. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it that it's being our high water mark because uh, we have, we Steve and I get to find out what a Casey Musgraves is. I might do that tonight, actually. Yes. I think we're going uh, to come up against the Christmas clock here. So I think we do probably have to power through Casey Musgraves pretty soon. Um, well, and then, and then we have to stumble our way into a big, like, timely controversy with Hallmark movies. So that's fun. Yeah, so that's what we have coming up next on the NRL Deep Podcast in December. We're going to do our best to get these to you before Christmas time, but either way, we're going to do it. We committed to it, and it's happening. The next two episodes are the Casey Musgraves Christmas Show on Amazon Prime and any Hallmark movie of our choosing. And I don't think anyone – I don't have mine set in stone yet because I haven't even looked, and, and we'll see how much seconds I spend on actually looking in the first place. But those will both be quite a little uh, little thing. It'll be a turn of events. It will be a turn of events. That's that's one way to put it. <laughs> I'm working on working on my short list. Uh, I can't, I just can't decide. Too many good options. <laughs> like I said, we're open to recommendations. So please, if you have you know one you wanna you wanna send us down a path, I don't think we're gonna be opposed to to hearing what you have in mind. <laughs> so finishing this way after Klaus Klaus or whatever is like having a like eighty dollar steak. And then cooking it well done and like putting cheese whiz on top of it. That's what we're basically doing now. So, yeah. um. sorry, Sam. You got your good. You got your. We like you. We love this. Thank you episode. And I feel like the next two are going to be full of Christmas bashing. We'll we'll try and limit the Sam bashing as much as we can. But you are the the <laughs> puppet master behind all this. So you're gonna have to take some of the blame. It's all your fault. I mean, we'll see. I think Casey might might surprise you. But it we'll might see. be fun. We don't know. I'm I'm gonna go into that with low expectations to say the least, and maybe it'll slightly rise above them. So it's only 45 minutes. That's so right. And this was only 97 minutes, which was beautiful in its own way <clears> too. So I know oh, you guys are busy. You love your free time. I like it too. So that's another Klaus thumbs up. So. So yeah. if you have not seen Klaus and you're listening to this episode, I'm not sure why you chose that order to consume this content, but <laughs> you load up Netflix, watch it. It's great. We don't usually come to these consensuses. And, you know, Andrew, I don't want to get ahead. Of, I don't think this will crack my top ten, but I would not – I I'd certainly, you know, would – on, it's on the list. On the short list. Yeah, yeah. it's on the short yeah, list. Right? And like you said, I hope it gets an animated novel. I hope it gets some critical love. It's already got a great Rotten Tomatoes score, and it deserves all the praise it's getting. And if you haven't watched it, it's a great holiday movie. You have one week to go from when this episode drops, so definitely watch it with your friends and loved ones, and I think you'll be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. 
I love the thought experiment of someone listening to us for 30 minutes when they could literally watch a third of the, the Klaus <laughs> time. They have it there, just like, oh, I'm just going to live to the end, and then I'll watch Klaus. I'm not going to yeah. tell our listeners what to do. If that's the order they choose, they're, they're adults, most likely, and they can, uh, they can make the choices they have in their heart. So. Well, it'll get us all that advertising money that we have, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> As always, all of our previous episodes are up on inrealdeep.com. Subscribe to us. Listen to our recent couple Christmas episodes. Like we said, there's a few more coming in December. And on inrealdeep.com, there's a whole bunch of stuff, reviews and otherwise. We're wrapping up the year. I'm going to try and write one or two more things. But then coming very soon is our top ten lists. So there's going to be some written content. There's going to be some audio content. It's going to be a wealth of options. inrealdeep.com and subscribe to us at the inrealdeep podcast. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Sam, thank you for joining us. What a treat. I love the Johnsons. And uh, we're one week away from Christmas. It's very, very exciting. We're in the home stretch. Merry Christmas. Time to go find out what Casey Musgraves is. <laughs> let's, let's all go. Andrew and I are going right. to go watch Casey Musgraves. Sam, you might as well watch it again just to be fully, fully up to date. All right. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope you are watching Casey Musgraves as well. We will be back with that episode <laughs> shortly. And we'll be seeing. Weirdest thing that's ever been said in our podcast. Right <laughs> yes. there. We hope you're watching Casey Musgraves. <laughs> Yeah. We're all going to find out together what that, who that person is, what she is, and it's going to be a real treat. We, we, st- we stand for Casey Musgraves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. All right, that's oh. it. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Ooh, the